that's us now. Yeah, this is cool. So I have been, um, I'm not a podcast listener. Ryan has hooked me in and yours would be the main one that I have actually like taken the time to listen to. So yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> so um, it's lovely to chat to you today, definitely. But Yeah, I um, know. Super awesome to be here. Thank you. It's, it's weird too because we're all like in lockdown it's like the only social interaction that we can have you know i spent yeah. half of my childhood in anna long which is so bizarre <gasps> stop it that's where i live no so <laughs> yeah. i mean we can spend this whole podcast talking about top nosh because top uh, nosh is, is <laughs> the creme de la creme and do you know what else is good completely forget the name of it my granny told me to go and i went it's like some wee random place. There's uh, picnic benches outside. It's like a glorified chippy. There's a chippy bit and there's like a Joey's. restaurant. It's not Joey's now, right? That's the, that's the culture term, the galley. <laughs> the galley! That's the one! Yeah. Yeah, Joey. So all of them have started the opening up. The, the guy's called Corey. Joey. Of course it's Joey's. <laughs> oh, I, uh, you know we Sandra's? Oh, you mean the Eurospar? Oh, no, no, that's Sandra's. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 of course. Sorry, Granny, sorry. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, they've all started opening up again. So Top Nosh has only opened up this week and my mom has already oh. been like, I'm going to Top Nosh today. And I'm just like, oh, we haven't made it yet. But <laughs> their honey chili chicken, mm, could mm. eat that for days. It's so good. And I love that we walk down by kind of like the harbour and then you take a left and it swings you all the way around past Born the mill. sea. Used to see yeah. loads and loads of wee baby seals. Like that was one of the most magical moments of my life. We like went right out close to the baby seals, trying to get as close as we could, and then all of a sudden, just bloop, and they all just. I mean, there was like I'm not joking. There was thirty of them, and like uh, the the moms and the dads were like all like around, and like we we'd done that walk loads of times. The one and only time I had friends from Sweden over, I was really trying to big up Northern Ireland to them, and we were there, and we just came across this like rare nature sighting. I was like, oh yeah, this this happens all the time. Like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I took you here. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did find one there last last summer, but it was on its own, and I was all concerned about it. And then I was like, maybe if I take it home and put it in the bath. And then I was like, no, actually, you're not supposed to touch them, and they're the most vicious creatures in the entire world. Like Ooh, you're lucky like that it. they flopped away from you, not towards your face. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're supposed to be terrifying, but um, yeah, I haven't actually seen this this mass influx of them, so I'm gonna have to go on the hunt again. This was about time of year. seven years ago. So, right. Although, I mean, and there's down... rock right now, so anything could happen. Dare to dream. <laughs> the world has taken over again. Humans totally. are trapped inside, so <laughs> birds now run the world. <laughs> so good. Um, were you down at the caravans or were you? Did no, you have a I was. Or? No, I was down at. I got shipped off to Mullerton Camp every mm. summer. Uh, yeah, for like three or four weeks like separately it was like okay which, which ones are you eligible for yeah, you can go to this one you can go to this one you can go to this one I mean, I, you're I not eligible for that one but just pretend like, you're seven damn it man <laughs> I loved it a lot, a lot of good friends I, I still keep in contact today because uh, it really is it's like, it's like living in a big farmhouse for, uh, for a week and just having the run of the place to yourself it's unreal sounds great well, we're actually like, both, I'm from Kilkeel, Greg's also from Kilkeel, my husband, but we moved down here just once we got married. So yeah, that's, that's our actual hangout, but it's pretty sweet here. I do like it. So anyways, um, spill the beans about you because we haven't actually even introduced you to the start of this yet. I haven't even got your name. I haven't got like your background. So like, are we going? Like, is this part of it? Like, are we actually like, has, <laughs> are, are we 10 minutes oh, in sorry. right now? Or, <laughs> or is it about to start? Because either way is fine for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> and nothing, nothing is uncut. So generally our rule here is it's just a chat and whatever happens, happens. Love so, it. um, you know, if there's a few key points where you want to be like, well, this is my job, this is what I do. That's cool. all good. But if it takes you off on a tangent to tell us like what color socks you wear, that's also okay. Nice. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay. So may not I give you like the primary school introduction. It's like, my name is Matthew. I'm 25 years old. Uh, born and bred in Lisburn, which is very off-brand for what I do. It's my like little trade secrets. Like he's not actually from Belfast. That's like illegal, bro. Don't let anyone yeah. know. Um, so now I live in Tremor, which is even more scandalous. It's like, what the heck? He doesn't even live in Belfast anymore. Like take him off the air. What, what on earth is he doing? And um, married to the incredible uh, German Jackie, who is, we're just expecting our first child in a few weeks here. So we're super, super excited about that. Actually, after this, we're away down for a wee appointment. And oh, um, yeah, I mean, my, my kind of thing is stories. I love stories. I am an active uh, consumer of stories, like all human beings are. I believe that stories is one of the fundamental things that makes us human. I think it's one of the most important things that we do. And uh, I'm all about sharing stories, uh, celebrating other people, particularly through the podcast. And that has a very Northern Irish flavor to it because I um, used to hate Northern Ireland. Now I love it. And now I want to try and champion that to the world. And then kind of on a more personal level, I am a writer before I'm anything else. Writing is a huge part of my life. I spend hours every day, just me and the pen. And that is just my sweet spot. That's, that's what I love. People joke with me. My friends kind of say like, you're becoming as close to a monk as you possibly can while still having a family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so this, the kind of Dremor life is, is my next step towards like urban monasticism. And I love just being outside as much as possible. I love um, having headspace and I love very kind of strict boundaries, I suppose, between uh, my work life and my professional life and uh, yeah the the art side of, of the writing it, it's something that keeps me sane it's something that I love and it's it's a very important and intimate form of expression for me and um, I, I just I'm so so I, I just love it it's just it's a big part of who I am that was a very good intro I gotta yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a really good answer but the bit that I took took away from it the most was he doesn't live in Belfast uh, yeah, you cut this off, Ryan. Like we're done. Yeah, that's I, the. I, I um, assumed. Yo, 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 kill, kill. You better back off right now, bro. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on here. This is this is about Matthew Thompson, the best in Belfast guy. I assumed that you had like a bed ah, on top city hall. This is where your mistake was. It was in the good old assumption. You see. Uh, things are not what they appear. Although my dream actually would be to have a office or a coffee shop. Have you ever noticed? Wait, do I have one? Oh no, it doesn't matter because this is an audio show, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't matter for the people listening. I was going to go and grab a little Harland and Wolf crane that I have. And if you look closely on the top of a Harland and Wolf crane, there's a little red bit, and the red mm -hmm. bit is basically just like this. You know, like a mobile you went to school in. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming I'm making assumptions on the behalf of Kilkeel right now that you had on mobiles. Behalf of cultures everywhere. <laughs> And uh, they have this wee kind of like red office on the top of it. And I, every time I drive past, I went, oh man, you could do something great with that wee red office, couldn't you? So the, the folklore will be from now on that that is where I live. And I have to um, zip line down to, to the studio every single day for what I do. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I love fair. that. It would make me sick. Like, would, is that where your people have to come to be interviewed? <laughs> um, 
Sure. Yeah. Every single one of them. <laughs> and they have to hand climb. Like there's no crane to lift them up. There's no It's fancy. like, uh, you know, it's a test of worthiness. It's like, are you the best of Belfast? Because if you were, you could climb this crane with your bare hands and make it up there. Also, why at the start of my interviews, people are so breathless. <laughs> <laughs> like Belfast Ninja Warrior. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, we have nothing that exciting. Sometimes we go into the office or like one of the spaces where we work and other times we sit at home and other times we go and get places in Belfast and rent them out for the day so we don't That's have great. a base either but definitely not one top to... of <laughs> no but we're on the hunt uh, imagine the, the guest comes they give you a call all right I'm here like, no 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 bro I'm in I'm in Samson you're on Goliath no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny, like, do you, do you, are you guys a part of Maiden Morn? Like, I remember um, mm-hmm. meeting Jenna and, and doing an interview with her. It's, it's like the Ormo Baths of Kilkeel. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a great spot. Um, both of us are there, and I'm, I'm actually shifting out this week. Um, I am done with my time there, unfortunately. Breaking news. Which makes me sad. Exclusive. Yeah, actually, I need to put that on my Facebook and let people know. We're like, whoops. Changing your relationship status, like your your working relationship status. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be but, hard to um, find spaces, can't it? Like, you know, it, it uh, that, that work for the recording, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. Well, we have our own, like, businesses in there. So our podcast is just kind of came from, I don't know, we were sitting having coffee one day with one of our friends and Ryan was like, this would be good to record. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Ryan, yeah, I think so when I first met it. you, you had just it started it or you were just a, thinking about starting it. I, I remember that. Uh, yeah, that was at the only just media summit, wasn't it? Yeah, Titanic Hotel. Yep. Two, two years ago? A year ago? We'll say it was. Absolutely. Mental. It was after that, wasn't it? Because it was Lucy as well was one of our um, guests. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's so long ago. We kind of took a bit of a break. Too far, we had a break for a year. No, no, no. You had a creative hiatus. Come on, yeah. you guys got to be like Coldplay. You know, you got to use the lingo, bro. <laughs> no, we slept. Yeah, I love it. It's like, for some reasons, like the creatives have a hard time, but creatives also like are a bit of a stereotype and, and give themselves a bit of an easy time because any other profession, like a plumber, never takes a sabbatical. Do you know what I mean? A plumber yeah. never says, you know what? I just need to take six months out, just, you know, reconnect. Uh, but somehow, you, exactly, yeah. You know, we, we, we took the money from our last uh, plumbing gig and we put it into a, a, our all-around-the-world ticket. No, 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 no. That does not happen. <laughs> yeah, plumbers don't need to find themselves. <laughs> That's a good T-shirt. It's like plumbers are the best fast person in the world. Love it. Oh. oh dear. Yeah, so Ryan has his video studio in there and I had my I do dressmaking, so I had a sewing studio in there. So yeah. I was in yesterday, clear night, and it was very sad. Mm. Very, very sad. So um yeah, going back in after this to shift some more stuff. Didn't realise how much stuff I collected over the years. I know. So yeah, it's gonna be a problem, but I know. But it's like all your, all your like memories and all your emotions and even all the, all the different dresses you've made. They're kind of just like haunting the space that you, <laughs> that you made them in. And it's like it's so, it's so hard to leave that. You're like, oh man, haunting me in my dreams sometimes too, depending how stressed <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The subconscious it does all the work for you, but sometimes you just got to keep it in check. That's it. 
so tell us a little bit more about your podcast so you have like chatted to everybody and their dog and <laughs> yeah actually i'm working on trying to get an interview with the dog that skateboards uh around ah. east belfast that would be pretty cool what? is this an actual thing no i'm only joking okay. <laughs> can you imagine how that would go down <laughs> Well, like an interview, maybe be... not, but I want to see a video if it exists. Definitely. Oh, no, no. So it's a, it's a real life celebrity dog. Um, I can't, I've, please forgive me, doggo. Uh, I cannot remember your name right now. But if you just Google it, I mean, like, it, it's, a, it's a real thing. Like, it's, uh, it's no a big way. name in the dog world. <laughs> Dogstagram is a who, thing. Like, dogs... <laughs> the lady here who walks her duck on a lead. <laughs> right? Jemima <laughs> yeah. Puddle Duck, bring it on, look. <laughs> I saw her, like, I thought it was a myth, and I saw her about, it must be three or four weeks ago now, and Greg, I was like, stop the car! <laughs> <laughs> local, local celebrity spotted. I it made didn't realise it was real. It I think it did papers. at one point, but I still didn't realise it was actually a thing. In wow. fact, she didn't even have it on a lead. She didn't. She maybe did at the start, like, whenever I first heard about it, but whenever I and saw her, the well dog was just following her. Very well trained, yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Side by side, walking around the Esplanade here, just enjoying the sunshine. Sunrail. See, see if you want, if you want a really bizarre rabbit hole. It's a very sad story, but it's a very interesting story. Again, apologies to to this goose. Uh, I cannot remember its name, but there was this like super weird case in America of a goose that didn't have legs or like its legs were deformed, and this wee man made it legs, and it became like a, a national treasure of this town. And uh, it, it, I mean, things get, get things get crazy. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Um, but just look up goose with shoes, and a hundred percent is going to come up. That's a, a very bizarre rabbit hole, but one that you will uh, be horrified to go down. So yeah, I mean, about the podcast, and that's easy transition into that. Um, yeah. So I mean, we have we've interviewed uh, people. Always joke, and I always say, you know, we've just interviewed everybody, um, which is uh, half true, but also so untrue. We're 150 interviews in. The podcast is Best of Belfast, does what it says on the tin. It's all about celebrating Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. The whole kind of mission, the whole goal is to try and challenge and change some of the negative narratives that you and I uh, perhaps have of Northern Ireland growing up. Of course, you know, I want to reach the world, and of course, I want to. Um, celebrate Northern Ireland on a global stage but I'm much more interested in celebrating it on a local stage because I think we have a complicated relationship with where we live because of our history and because of um, the way we've been brought up and I think that actually that can hold us back personally so it's just this big quest to try and basically say look Northern Ireland is awesome here I submit to you 150 pieces of evidence that if you're from Northern Ireland you can go on to do incredible things and actually being from here is a real superpower um, because there are while there are lots of you know challenges and negatives of being from Northern Ireland there are equally some amazing amazing um, strengths that being from here um, can give you so it's a mix I try to keep it um, pretty random pretty diverse it's a mix of household names it's a mix of Unsung heroes. We've interviewed everyone from, you know, the big dogs like Gary Lightbody and Mary Peters and May McFetridge and et cetera, et cetera, comedians to people that you have never, ever heard of in your life who are just exceptional. Some of those people, a 91-year-old uh, woman called Grace Chambers, she runs the park run every single Saturday, even during Corona, don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> and she, she is just an absolute legend, has so much wisdom to share. There's another uh, woman who you would find really, really interesting, Amy, called Nadine Patterson. I 
highly recommend checking that interview out because you'll especially enjoy that. She's a puppet maker, but she makes stop motion puppets for um, Tim Burton and Wes Anderson. And all of her work has been featured in like um, the Isle of Dogs and movies like that, that I, uh, I'm trying to think of the Tim Burton one is just not coming. Ah, but she's awesome. She recently moved to Portland, Oregon. And then uh, I'll, I'll give you one more, like this random guy from Larne who learned how to fly a unusual aircraft called an autogyro and became the, the first man on the planet to circumnavigate the globe in this machine. It took him two years. He crashed in Thailand. He got stuck in Russia and uh, he's just class. So it's uncovering some of those unbelievable just Northern Irish gems uh, that I feel like don't get enough airtime and also giving you a different perspective of the, the well-known names because I think we all have a preconceived idea of, oh yeah, like I know what this person's like. You know, I, I've seen them on the TV and this is, you know, we put them in a box and then I just love like sitting down, getting the microphone in front of them and just going boop. And all of a sudden, this amazing, amazing person kind of unravels and unfolds that you're like, wow, this person is totally different to how I expected. And uh, typically, it, it, I think it makes you really appreciate people and, and understand them and be like, wow, I see so much of myself in this person who I maybe had a negative opinion of or um, who I just thought was kind of two dimensional. So there you go. My goodness, I can see why you run a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he don't, cause he don't shut up. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like captivated. That sounds class, absolutely class. And I'm gonna have to check out your girl, Nadine. Sounds amazing. Oh uh, yeah, um, you love it. So, in terms of the pod, like, what do you think was your best interview, or like, who was your favorite? Was it somebody famous? Was it somebody like? It's that really, really hard to narrow it down. Like, 150 is quite a lot. So. Is there yeah, one and what, that what I will out? say is like every interview is so different and every interview always turns out completely almost the opposite of the way you think it's going to. And that's become kind of part of the drug or part of the game for me is, uh, oh, like what's going to happen this time? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I love the kind of the mystery of, of where a conversation can go. Um, I mean, my favorites, like, you know, it's, it's, it is hard to narrow it down. Um, I like recommending jumping off points. Uh, to people who haven't listened to the show. So I usually end up talking around those sort of ones. But the Norman Houston, the Norman surplus one, the, the Lauren guy who flew around the world, I always uh, point people towards that one because I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And like he has a back, he is a fascinating backstory that he goes into in the podcast. And some of it he wasn't uh, happy sharing, uh, which makes it even more fascinating. But he is such an incredible man. The Grace Chamber ones, if you want to listen to, you know, uh, old stories of Belfast, she's great. Uh, interviewed a woman called Baroness May Blood. She worked in a mill for something like 46 years until she retired. So she was a millie. She was a factory worker. And that was it. She was you know, born and bred, uh, kind of working class Belfast. And um, all of a sudden became heavily involved in trade unions, became heavily involved in the peace process, went on to become a member of the House of Lords and uh, has just lived this fascinating career in retirement where she has made her highest contribution to society in the, the later years of her life. I'm just like, what a story. Like how many people, how many of us need to kind of uh, hear that and, and be inspired by that? The big name, I, I, I mean, the guy I bought interview is I'm still processing it. My brain is melting out of my, my head. Like I am such a guy like body fanboy. 
And I mean, that interview was so, so, so special. It, I found it so moving and um, it touched me. And I, you know, even some of the things he talked about addiction, I talked about depression and personally, like mental health is something that I am waging war against all the time in my own life and uh, trying to offer some sort of signposts and resources for, for uh, the rest of us. Uh, some of the things he said even in that was just so, so, so rich uh, that I've benefited from personally. But uh, the, if you want just a complete jack-in-the-box surprise, just listen to the Foy Vance podcast. And uh, I'm, not even, I'm not even telling you what way it starts. Okay, no, Will. <laughs> uh, we basically were like talking about uh, something that he didn't want to talk about. And uh, it was something from his past that I've discovered in research, which is really, it's, it's not a big deal. It was just like something funny that he did. And uh, he really didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, oh, no, I've lost this guy. Because you know what it's like. You did it. You, you, know, you warmed me up. You did a wee five, 10 minutes of chat. You were trying to make me feel comfortable, try to keep conversation flowing. So, you know, you're obviously trying to do that as an interviewer. And I just lost him. And I was like, this guy's about to walk out. Oh my goodness. Like, I, I, and this was at like 5 a.m. in the morning because he just got off the boat because he only came over on the Stanoline to like play the gig that night in Ward Park. And I was just like, no, no. It's like, you know, it was like falling from my- uh, going like, away, you know, yeah. It was going. And um, so I was like, oh crap, oh crap. And I was like, how do, how do we recover from this? And I was like, okay um well like uh why do you not want to talk about this like this is not a big deal this is kind of funny and he goes uh well because like uh like i, I just wasn't awake at that time in my life and he just paused for like 20 seconds and i was like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and i was like uh okay well what made you wake up and as soon as i said it, i was like oh bro what a wanky stupid question it's like did you really just play that card with foy oh god like what the heck <laughs> And then another 20 seconds. And he's just like, probably a day my dad died. And boom, boom. the whole interview just, just opens up. And it is one of the most raw and insightful conversations I think I've had. The way he communicates, he is a poet. Like there's, there's no doubt about it that he is one of the most exceptionally gifted men on the planet from Northern Ireland, up in Northern Ireland. And, um, he, I, I left the rest just really unedited and he, he pauses so much. Like you ask him a question and they'll just be, yeah. So what I think about this is just, boom, mic drop moment, wisdom flows. The gold is just surging out of his mouth. You're just like, whoa, I can't believe it. And I had people like message me afterwards and they're like, mate, I had to like, I was cycling listening to this and I had to pull over and uh, I had to check. I thought my phone had run out of battery. Like, you know, it was just such a, and so yeah, that, it's, it's a fun place to start. Uh, if you're into big names, if you're not, check out some of the other ones. Amazing. Um, so just sitting listening here, obviously, you love Northern Ireland, you love Belfast, it just flows straight out of you. But you said earlier that wasn't always the case. Why not? Well, for that, Ryan, we, uh, we need to get the violins out. Uh, <laughs> producer, can, can, can we get some, some ambient violins playing in the background? All right, cool, cool, cool. We, cool. we, don't, we don't have a producer, that's me. I'll do that. Okay? <laughs> um, yeah, well... Pretty much, like I think, like a lot of people, there's no, there's no sob story. I just grew up, and I grew up in small town, Northern Ireland, 
uh, went to school and was like, Nordan's crap, there's no opportunities here. And that's kind of the general cultural narrative. And we say, oh, like, can't wait to move to London. Oh, I wish I could go to New York. And, you know, you watch all the movies and they're all in San Francisco and New York and they're in Oregon and they're in London and they're anywhere but here. And, you know, you mix that with the teenage angst that we all have where we're like, I just, just a small town boy living in a lonely world, you know, trying to take the train, you know, get out of here, go meet a city girl in Detroit, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it, you do go through that as a, as a teen and um, it's part of actually growing up and I'm fascinated by this thing called the hero's journey. If you want to scratch an itch and discover a wonderful rabbit hole, check out this thing called the hero's journey. It's um, kind of developed by a guy called Carl Jung or Jung. I still haven't figured out how to say that. And Joseph Campbell. And they basically look at every story told, the big stories told throughout history, from the story of Christ to the Garden of Eden, to the story of Muhammad, to like all the myths and all the folklore, all the way right up to, you know, some modern writers have looked at like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And they all kind of, there's this thread that runs through it. And they've called it the hero's journey. And it starts off, once upon a time, there was somebody in a place and then this happened. And that sets someone out on an adventure and they have to go, you know, all of a sudden Harry's like flying on a motorbike with Hagrid. He's like going to Hogwarts. Frodo, he's leaving the Shire. But a big part of a hero's journey is leaving. You leave the place that was safe to you. Um, but that was sort of like, you knew there was something more. And so that's kind of like what happened. I was 18. I was like, bro, got to get out of the Shire. Hate the Shire. Shire sucks. Oh, man. And so hopped on a plane and left. And it's too long a story. Uh, ended up living in Rwanda in East Africa for a while. Uh, did several trips. Uh, was in Nepal after the earthquake. Was in Haiti after the earthquake. And kind of landed on, on my feet in New York City. And lived in New York City for three years. And that's where I met Jackie, the love of my life. Germany, awesome. And, but I left North Nana. I was like, good riddance. I am never coming back here. I was like, and it was so dramatic. Like, uh, actually, it was around the time with the seal story. Because uh, the reason why I had those Swedish friends visiting me was, uh, I'm about to leave North Narn. This is the last time you're going to be able to see the country without me. So this is it. And we actually went to Analong that day to deliver a letter to a childhood friend I'd made. Because I wrote, this is how dramatic I was. Like, you like I, I'm like, already farty sensitive now bro you don't even want to go back there it was like perks of being a wallflower fault in our stars combined together into like a billion i wrote people letters as if i was like i would never see them again and would go and like hand deliver to them like that's how that's how like adamant i was that i was leaving and um went off this. This far. <laughs> uh you know went went on this kind of epic epic adventure learned so many things experienced a lot of hardship experienced a lot of loss experienced a lot of joy a lot of pain a lot of blah 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 um slayed a few dragons got burnt by a few and uh basically came to the point where jack and i were going to get married and very surprisingly and strangely it um, became clear that we were going to get married in Donegal and move to northern ireland and that was just shell shocking to me and I was like, I, I, I was like, fought it. I was like, this cannot happen. I was like, we have to move to India and jump out of a helicopter and have no possessions and like live off the fat of the land, like with the people, bro. Like that, that was my like utopia dream for my life, uh, which we still kind of, uh, you know, run against today, which is hilarious. Um, so back to Northern Ireland, uh, was really burnt out. The type of work I was involved in was really um, intense. It was uh, a lot dealing with a lot of people and particularly a lot of vulnerable people. So I was working with drug addicts and gang members and 
um, people who have been evicted from their apartments and low income and all the kind of rest in uh, Manhattan. And then was just, yeah, moved back to Northern Ireland, washed up and just burnt out. Just totally done, totally tired. And decided just to give myself six months just to kind of like recover. And so uh, it, don't worry, it wasn't a creative hiatus. Uh, I worked. I didn't become a plumber, although now I realize I should have. Uh, I, I worked as a gardener uh, for six months, uh, which was amazing. Uh, scarifying people's grass. And then I also found the second love of my life, which is Deliveroo. And I uh, was working for Deliveroo almost full time and spent my days on the bike cycling around Belfast and just utterly fell in love with the place, utterly fell in love with the people, seeing the streets, seeing the street art, seeing the shortcuts, getting to know the chefs, making the food, getting to know the, you know, the front of house staff, uh, having the crack with a taxi man, you know, chatting to the wheeled ladies. You're like, what's that? What's that kangaroo thing that you do? Uh, all that stuff was just, I just really, really um, felt like Belfast opened its arms and I just broken, came into it and just was embraced. And I was like, I'm so sorry I've treated you so badly my whole life. I want to make it better. I want to treat you right. And Belfast was like, yeah, no worries, mate. Like uh, you can if you, you can if you want. And so I started Best of Belfast and it started off as an Instagram page. I would uh, take photos of like the street art that I would see. Uh, and I was like, oh, mate, no one's ever seen this before. And like put it online and then realized there's like a million photographers who are taking far better photos than me. So it became more of a curator and started sharing other people's amazing photos and giving them a platform. And this whole kind of thing grew. And then I was obsessed with Humans of New York, branding somebody. I'm sure you remember that from Facebook way back when, although he is still killing it, still doing it. And I was like, great, that's it. Okay, we're going to do Humans of New York for Belfast. Perfect. Started doing that, started sharing stories, met up with people, doing interviews, um, for to type up on a blog because again i'm a writer and i was like mate this blog is going to change the world my writing is the gift that the world has been lacking for its entire history of being existing uh started the blog and basically whipped out my phone hit the voice memos up and i was like do you mind if i if i um, record this wee interview so I, it, it'll be easier for me to type up later and they're like i i no worries no worries and so was back in my bedroom laptop in front of me writing up this blog typing up the stuff and listening to the way they were telling their stories and listening to the way their voice was and listening to the passion that they put into it and i was like my wee writer's heart just croaked in that moment i was like oh man it's like a blog's not the way it's gonna work they have to tell their own stories and so uh went on a new adventure to discover how to get into podcasting an adventure that you obviously have gone on as well you've no idea what you're doing you're like what is tech how does microphones work i dk what the heck bro and uh you just learn you watch a million youtube videos you make a billion mistakes you do interviews and they don't work out you forget to turn on the microphone it all sucks it's terrible there's background noise oh my goodness why did i ever start this i hate the sound of my own voice and uh, you finally arrive at this place where you're comfortable and uh, you learn that actually this is just having a conversation. This is the most human thing that I've been doing my whole life. And the more I can learn to get out of the way and just engage with someone on a personal level, this is where the magic happens. This is what people want to listen to. These are the stories I want to tell. And me as a host, I want to get out of the way and just make people shine as bright as they can. So basically, I mean, the whole thing was that sometimes you need to go away before you appreciate what you have. Sometimes that extra perspective, that extra distance, it actually really, really is valuable. And I know I found it valuable in not just that area of my life, but those areas. But all of this, and you're only 25. 
How does this work? Oh, like, age, is just, age, is just, age is just a number. Don't you worry about it, bro. <laughs> How do you pack it all in there? Flip's it's, sake. But honestly, like 25, at what point did you start? Like, when did you kick off and just say, I'm out of here? What age were you? When I left the country? Never was seven. Yeah. He just left. That's what I'm wondering. Like, how do you squeeze all those countries in? Yeah. I was 18. I left as soon as I finished my A-levels. And seven years, you fit it in multiple different countries, multiple different jobs. Where on your travels was your favorite? Or like, what did you find? Is there somewhere that really like surprised you or anything like that? My, oof, oh, that's hard. Uh, I, I give, I just give you a general response to that because I don't know if I could narrow it down uh, for different reasons. So I loved Iceland. I took a trip to Iceland just myself uh, in between my first year of New York and coming back to Northern Ireland for the first time. And it was more like a, a soul searching pilgrimage uh, because I was, I look, I absolutely love New York. Like it is such an incredible city. I have such a love hate relationship with it though, because it like beat me up so much because I'm an introvert and I just don't, my, the best version of myself is not one that's frantically running around. Whereas um, my wife, she copes, she's an extrovert. She copes brilliantly with seeing loads of people and switching between different things. That's why I kind of joked about the monk lifestyle earlier. I work best and it's like, okay, what's on today's to-do list? Ah, excellent. Spend six hours writing. Perfect. Like that, that's just, that it, it just works well for me. And don't get me wrong. I love people. I love connecting with people. I love chatting with people, but I need to set pretty strict boundaries uh, in my life to make sure that it doesn't drain me or that if it does, I have, a, I have enough time to kind of replenish the well or, you know, fill the tank, whatever mixed metaphor you want to use. Uh, but Iceland was really special. It was, I love nature. I love being outside. I particularly love the mountains. Uh, I just remember like booking myself just like away to this place called Forsmunk. It means like the, the forest of Thor or something. And it's like right there on a glacier. You, it overlooks Ilafahugel. Ilafahugel? Not really sure. I haven't said that word for a very long time. Uh, the volcano that erupted. Like, remember whenever that ash cloud was there? Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, because it's a podcast and rabbit holes, why not? I was on holiday when that happened. And I was two days away from getting all expense paid in Tenerife and staying an extra month. And all my holiday mates that I had made like I left like two days before them and they all got stuck and I was absolutely raging because I had to go back and like do my GCSEs. I was like, no. Uh, um, but that trip was just so, so special. I'm a big fan of that Scandi life, even though Iceland's a bit of the, the kind of like weird prodigal son of Scandi because it's like way over here uh, or for the people listening, you know, way over to the left of the map. And that was a really important time. I did a lot of thinking uh, and that kind of same pattern was echoed in my trip to Nepal. Again, up the mountains, we were up the Himalayas, we were up pretty high um, doing relief work with one of the villages that had been affected by the earthquake. And just again, like being outside, sleeping in a tent, away from tech, away from screens, away from distractions, and really just um, having a lot of time to think about what's next. And, you know, particularly nowadays, and especially if you're young, you know, Old people say the world's your oyster, but it really legitimately is that you could do anything and go anywhere if you, you know, if you can find a way to somehow make it work. And so, you know, the Nepal trip was whenever I, you know, I felt like it was time to get married and that's whenever I felt like it was time to, to, you know, move back to Northern Ireland. And that was a really, really big step for me because of the reasons I outlined in my previous answer. 
And um, so, yeah, I, I like places like that where you feel like you're on the edge of the edge of the world. And uh, those two places, there was a real wildness to them that really attracted me. And there's a rawness and a real kind of sense of danger. There's a few dicey moments in, in both of those trips. Uh, but for some reason, I, I found that very grounding and uh, made me feel more of a human rather than just like a machine, you know? So, yeah. But I mean, like at the, at the end of the day too, there's no place like home. And uh, yeah. I've, I've loved actually not traveling. I actually don't really like traveling anymore. I, f- I don't know if I've got all of in my system, but like, and, like, I do not want to get on a plane. Like, I just don't want to do it. And like, you know, we're thinking about what to do. And I'm like, can I just go to Donegal again? Or it's like, oh man, like, can we not just go back to that wee Airbnb, like in Newcastle that we went to? Like, I don't know. I, I've, like I said, I've become a, a bit of a, uh, an old man now, which is like, I just want to keep doing the same things over and over again. <laughs> That's good. That's that's a contentment, maybe more so. Nice. And that's always the way you want to be. You don't want to always be looking for more. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, how do you guys find the balance between contentment and ambition? That's something I'm always uh, thinking about. (laughs) I'm a mom now, so that's that's my first priority. Um, and my business was kind of so that I could always choose to work from home and around family if need be so that was why I, I started it in the first place and um, obviously I've taken a massive break from it now that I'm like on maternity or whatever but um don't know where it's going to go from here but I am very content I can say that I didn't realize how much until we had Raya so wow. when you have this little one yeah, yeah a all your stories what does Raya mean a friend of Ryan. God Ryan Oh. It does not mean Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of God. I like that. Friend of God. And then her middle name's Jean, which is after my nanny. My nanny's 94 and looks about 70. She's class. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's her middle name too. So, yeah, your life is going to turn upside down. Your stories and all of this that is wonderful. Like they're You're going to be reading Oliver Jeffers uh, on repeat, same book for 10 years. I'm totally in for it. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You have a whirlwind ahead of you, but like, I don't know. Somehow there's like a whirlwind fits into like just a stare. Mm. I don't know how it happens, but you, you can just look and there's like this little flicker of a smile. And then that's whenever your whole world just goes. <laughs> I think what so, you said though, like yeah. you used the word priority. I think that's been a big lesson because, uh, you know, you even to hear you say things like, wow, like you've done so much at a young age. My, my like fatal flaw as such has been that I've done so much at a young age. I am um, in since moving back to Northern Ireland, it's been a real lesson of learning to prioritize and learning to cut, you know, to ruthlessly eliminate uh, as many plates as possible so I can um, do what I do better. And I, I'm on this kind of big journey of going deep instead of going wide and uh, doing less but to try and do it better and uh, that's been really really significant and it's funny because we know our priorities sort of in, in the back of our head we're like yeah family's the most important thing yeah yeah relationships are the most important thing yeah yeah taking care of yourself is the most important thing but then if you look at your life your actions don't reflect that and I had a real big moment in like 2018 whenever that hit me where I was like I am not becoming the man I want to become like this dream I have of, of the, the future that I want to create and the type of father I want to be, the type of husband I want to be, the type of um, employee slash 
entrepreneur slash artist slash self-employed you want to be. I have all these visions and I've always been a bit of a, uh, I've always been able to see far into the future. What I mean by that is it's very easy for me just to just have an idea and just see where it goes. But um, the problem has been that I, I haven't learned to actually put the, the daily rhythms in place to actually make that a reality. And Jackie has, has been absolutely incredible because she's the, we are actual complete opposites. Like you hear people say that you hear couples say that like on every spectrum, like whether it's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, like we are the inverse of each other. And um, it's been really good because we complement each other. And one of the ways she's really helped me is okay. You see the next 50 years, but like what's your next five days going to look like? and that that's been super super um powerful for me and has also brought a lot of healing and stillness and contentment in my life because wrapped up in that ambition and wrapped up in that um thirst for adventure is the the kind of hungry ghost of trying to 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 fill some sort of a void or trying to search for something or or trying to um uh have you ever read the alchemist no. Oh, no, but I've heard about it. <laughs> in the whole wide world, please read that book. Uh, it's Raya friendly. You can get the audiobook with Jeremy Irons, who's the voice of Scar in Lion King. His voice is like velvet. It's unbelievable. But that story is so, so, so important. And one of the um, big things about the hero's journey is the hero then has to go back home and as part of their big quest and as part of slaying the dragon they actually return home with treasure and the treasure is usually related to that thing that they thought they lacked and usually in most stories they realize that what they wanted and what they needed was already right in front of them at home the whole time and so i found that to be very true with northern ireland and with other things in my life where the very place i was trying to run away from actually contained the the healing and the treasure that I actually needed. I 100% get you. 100%. The last like year or so I've been running mad, going and doing a million different things and saying yes to everything. And sometimes you need, well, my maternity was my excuse to say no because I was physically couldn't. Yeah. And yeah, even before, like I took off early, I took off nearly two months before she was, born and just slowed down and just got everything kind of ready and never awesome. realized how much I needed it until I did it so yeah 100% get you definitely but do love traveling too <laughs> Don't get me nothing wrong. wrong with traveling not a thing wrong with it we'd kill for a holiday Greg and I were just realizing our um, honeymoon was the last time we were away and <laughs> that's two, that's two years ago now on Monday which is crazy and we used to go on like two or three holidays a year before we were married so that's yeah great soon as possible i am going on a holiday love it <laughs> oh man um want to kick off with our massive question ryan oh the, the question the question so coming to the end of the podcast the question is what's your netflix recommendation for a long time It's life-changing now. You've already given us a bit. Netflix is next. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I'm trying to think. 
what's the last thing on Netflix that I watched that I really loved? Are you the Except- one person in lockdown that hasn't been binge watching something? I try, I, I try to stay away from it, to be honest. Whoa! <laughs> well done. Uh, it's not Netflix, but I tell you what, I have been getting into Scrubs in a really big way again. I love Scrubs. I grew up watching Scrubs. It's like a piece of my nostalgic, angsty years. And um, to tie it all back, you know, as we podcasters love to do, uh, they've launched a podcast, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, who played JD and Turk. They launched a podcast called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. And Uh, it's a Scrubs rewatch podcast. And so they do two episodes a week. Uh, and they basically talk about all the in and outs of it. They get the guests on the show. You know, they get the other cast members and the writers and the creators. And I have been loving that. My little, because uh, like I said, like I have, I've had unhealthy relationships with screens in the past. And um, so I, I try to limit it, but not completely cut myself off like the monk I would like to be. Um, but my wee Friday treat at the minute is to uh, crack open a wee beer outside in the garden and watch two episodes of Scrubs so that I can listen to the two episodes during the week that they do. And yeah. we just moved house and I'm doing a lot of house uh, stuff and a lot of painting to kind of get things ready for uh, baby and also just get things sorted. And uh, the Scrubs podcast has been my buddy through the, you know, the, the slog of painting countless white walls with, for some <laughs> reason, five layers. It's like, what? I, this, what? Is, this, is this legal? Is, is this supposed to happen? Um, so, yeah, that would be, even if it's not on Netflix, I think I have to watch it on like 4 OD or something like that. It's like, what the I heck? I think it's on Prime. I think it's included because I was watching it a while back. So if you've got Amazon Prime. Prime's tricky because they change it all the time. Um, well, that's yeah, so my recommendation then... is Scrubs with a fine pairing of the, the rewatch podcast. So you can just, you, you just get everything. You get every single nitty gritty detail. It's been a real pleasure. So yeah. I'm totally getting on that. <laughs> Me too, for sure. It's been a long time since I've watched Scrubs. So good. Oh, worth it. I rewatched Nine Nine as well. Nine Nine? Nine Nine. <laughs> That's a good show. I forgot about that one. That is one I love. Oh my word. It's like, I think it's our era of scrubs. It's like that sort of same sort of category of just funny, ridiculous, serious, heartfelt shows a profession in, in its true form, but also the kind of hilarious wee quirks to it. It's, it's all good. Like, Yeah, I think, I think so far there's been one episode that 99 hasn't come up in. So I'm glad that was pulled back in. <laughs> The best thing is whenever they call Captain Holt dad, I just, that <laughs> cracks me up. Like there's this one bit, I can't remember the exact the exact sequence, but it's like, uh, it's whenever, what's his husband's name? Kevin, is it? Kevin. Uh, it's like Holt and Kevin are having a fight about like Pythagoras's theorem or something. And like Amy is like, like letting them like just go at it and like fight with each other about math, which she loves or maz as we would say. And uh, she just turns around, like, you know, someone's trying to break it up and she goes, be quiet. Fathers are fighting about math. <laughs> we just lost half the listenership. Who doesn't listen to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But you know what? That's okay. Deep, not wide. The people who love Nine-Nine, they're, they're invested in this podcast for life now. <laughs> We've mentioned it in every single episode since our okay. lunch. So they're, so, uh, yeah. they, they're, they're, they're here for the Nine-Nine. They're here That's for good. Yeah. They can hear a lot. 
I wish they did a rewatch podcast. Oh, that'd be epic. Oh, yeah. Maybe in like 40 years' time. Because Scrubs is 20 years old. Fun fact. Stop it. Oh, yeah. You're getting old, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. Well, here, I'm going to have to scarf her. Oh. But, Matthew, thank you so, so, so much. Yes, thank um, you very much. It's been great chatting to you and putting the face to the name. Because you're always behind the, the earphones. So. That's it. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the other side of the mic. I always enjoy it and it was fun hanging out with you. That's what it felt like. Props to you. Super fun. Really enjoyed being here. Yeah, Thank glad you to have much. you, definitely. Um, right. Enjoy Rhea. Get her on that <laughs> can you, hear her? you can't hear her yet. <laughs> oh, I can hear her. We can hear her. We can hear her. Oh, no! <laughs> the listeners can hear her. Bye. <laughs>